It's time for State of Play with David Adam, brought to you by Excel Performance Health and Wellness and Tri-City Sports in the Main Center at 6th and Main. And here's David Adam. Welcome to our next podcast. Thank you. I'm going to put some headsets on me. That I don't have so much so much uh, feedback. Thank you. Uh, anyway, um, my name is David Adam. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the editor here at Muddy River News, and I've coached youth sports teams for 42 years. So I know a little bit about some of this topic, but not as much about today's topic. We're talking about training young athletes on today's podcast. Joining me is Chris Bacchius from Excel Performance Health and Wellness and Tony Douglas with Vertigo. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to be here. Uh Tell listeners, I guess I'll start with Chris, just so people know, what do you do at Excel in regard to working with young athletes? So we are we would consider more of our functional strength and conditioning training. So we have, you know, your traditional strength and train strength and conditioning training, um, resistance training. We work with youth athletes from eight to twelve in a small group setting. And then we do more of our custom strength and conditioning with those kids going, you know, twelve, thirteen up through high school, college, and those those athletes there. So, And, Tony, I mean, your business is the newest in town, but you're a familiar name from around here in the past. Tell people what you've been doing lately and what you're doing out there with Vertigo. So with Vertigo, we, we train athletic skills. So we're focused on, like, like our mantra is, we turn players into athletes. So we're, we're just really focused on getting our, our athletes as athletic as we possibly can. So jumping, running, moving, accelerating, all the body control, all those types of skills that you're using in the game. All right, so let's, let's start from the beginning, all right? And, I, and, and to be honest, I thought of this because I was sitting at Mass at St. At Peter on, on Sunday, and I saw Chris there with his two kids, and your two daughters are how old? Three and five. Okay, three and five. <laughs> I'm fairly sure that Chris, being a good father, has probably – started doing some type of training work with his two girls. What should I as a parent be doing? If I've got a, a kid who's, I, I'm praying he, he, he's going to be the next LeBron, <laughs> she's going to be the next Simone Biles, whatever. What should I as a parent be doing for my small child to help them become a better athlete? So I look at it as this. Um, I'm, Old school, let the kids play. Get them outside and play. With today's world and their technology and iPads and phones and TV and things like that, they're more trapped inside. Obviously, um, it's a different world than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, you know, your generation was outside till the street lamps came on, you know, so to say, don't be late for dinner, you know. Um, similar, I mean, let these kids play. Let them play as many sports as possible. Let them get as many movement patterns as they can and let them do that for as long as they can. Like, we don't want to have these these kids specializing too early. You know, you see kids specialize in basketball right away or baseball right away or, or soccer or some of those things where, you know, you have them go and throw a baseball and it look, looks nothing like what it should be. Right. So, so let these kids play. Let them have a life. Get them outside and let them, let them run. Let them experience hitting different things with, a you know, a bat, a stick, a ball, or a kick, you know whatever that may be, expose them to as much as you possibly can at a young age, let them fall in love with just play. And then as they age, start to develop that athletic skill, really start to fine tune it. And that doesn't come till, you know, high school, 
think. And that was my, one of my questions was going to be, and I know, you know, Tony, uh, I, I, I talked to Tony uh, a month, two months ago in regard to his new business. And the fact is, is that the day that I was there, I saw several high school athletes in your building training. Um, there were basketball players who were working on agility skills for their for their specific sport, but there were other people in there working at as well. But you also have, you know, for example, I know that you have uh, your niece and nephew in there working out as well, and they're like, what, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. Yep. I mean, is there ever a point when it's – well, I completely understand what Chris is saying about it. Just go play. Just go have fun. You know, learn you – know, we'll, we'll worry about sport-specific stuff later. But is there ever is, is it ever too early to start really training a kid? So the training is the word that we, we use, right? Um, but acquiring skills, I mean, I guess we could say that is training. With, with young kids, I mean, think about the days that we grew up, right? What were we doing? We're outside playing. We're climbing trees. Uh, all, I, I love it. You know? And we do want our kids to be out outside doing that. The hard part about today is we're competing. We, were, we weren't competing against Apple products when we were growing up. Um, now we are. And so the idea of a bunch of kids calling each other and, and organizing a game sounds great. Um, and we want to push them to do that, but we're not really training. We're just working on some of these life skills because I get kids coming in all the time at seven, eight years old, and I'm already starting to see the wear and tear of sitting on an iPad for hours on end every day. And this is a way for us to, it, it's training, but it's fun, right? I, I don't like to think of what we do as training. We're, we're playing a game. You're coming in and you're actually playing a game, but it's a physical game versus they're going to play games, right? So we've designed our, our setup that way. So they're, they're gaining skills on competition. They're gaining skills on how to have fun, how to compete, how to lose, right? So they're gaining all these types of skills too during the training session. Is there ever been a time for either one of you two when a parent has brought their child to you and you've said, this is too early. Come back and see me in a couple of years. Does that happen to you often, no, Chris? So when we first started, um, when we first started, we were just doing, you know, we, we started upstairs in like first choice physical therapy. Like they had a sports enhancement program, which is like agility ladders. And then kind of develop that off of what they already had. And we just had high school athletes. And then, you know, obviously it's, we live in this competitive world where travel sports and everyone needs to have a leg up on something. So if you're not trying to figure out how to train youth, then someone else will and someone else will, will get it. So we ended up starting our youth sports development class and we had kids, you know, eight years old, seven years old. That's when we'll start. Like Tony said, we're like, we're doing more game-like setting stuff. Like, we'll call it games and drills. And to the kids, it's just fun, you know. So, um, but there has been a time where it's like, hey, train my 10-year-old kid one-on-one. -on -one. And it's like, he doesn't have the attention span to last more than 20 minutes. So it's like, one-on-one -on -one isn't like the end-all, be-all. He needs to be, you know, more of that group type of setting. So. And same thing for you. I mean, would there ever be a situation, Tony, where somebody would come to you and you'd go, Come back and see me sometime. Your child still needs to learn to go have fun. So our youngest that we've ever had in the program is five. Um, and, you know, I remember even with that parent, um, first time I was like, we'll bring him in at five. Um, and 
with our program, one of the biggest things that we had, and, and we're, we're just a different program than what most are doing, right? Um, we're not, we, we've really found our niche in the speed, agility, athleticism piece versus um, we, we, don't, we don't mess around with the strength stuff as much. I mean, we're doing, we get our strength through athletic movement. And so one of the hardest things for us to do was to not add that strength piece in um, because it's, it's, they're, they're getting it, they're gonna, it's very competitive. Uh, they're, they're doing it at school. Um, there's other trainers that specialize in that. So we focus solely on this movement and this play. So once again, I, I don't think about it as training for them. When they come in, we want them to have as much fun and learning that movement is fun and, and, and competing and doing some of these things is, is fun. So I think of, I, even for our younger kids, it's, it's, it's actually pulled our program to that point. It's centered it into that where whether you're 12 to 15, that, which is really our sweet spot, um, we've got the younger and we've got the older. So we, we cover that full spectrum. Before we continue, I want to be sure to uh, let our listeners know about our sponsors. Uh, no matter the age or fitness level, Excel Performance Health and Wellness has a program for you. It offers a youth sports development class, a sports enhancement program, personal training, and online training. They create custom programs that will give you the best results you're looking for. Contact Excel at 217-214-3482. Also, Tri-City Sports is not just a soccer store. You can find the best selection of your Quincy High School and Quincy Notre Dame fanware to root on your favorite team in the store at 535 Main in the Main Center. Need screen-printed apparel for your business, organization, fundraiser, or sports team? Call them for details at 217-224-2489. And don't forget, they still carry all of your soccer needs. Uh, I've actually uh, worked with Chris a few years ago. Um, had the, He worked with me in basically getting me more flexible through my hips uh, to help my golf swing, which... I've been okay, it's been, it's, it's, and, and I don't know if I ever told you this, I had a guy who saw me at the golf course one day, and he goes, gosh, you have the best hip rotation of somebody, and I thought, I, I give Chris all the, all the credit for that, all those t- times of having to throw that darn medicine ball against the wall. What types of things are you doing, okay, granted, okay, I was doing these drills, and I was in my early 50s, what types of things, if somebody came to you, are you doing for high school-aged athletes in regard to, the, to maybe training for a specific sport or a specific activity? So what we're going to do, like, first off, whenever we get our athletes, we, we screen them, we break them down bit by bit to really find the inefficiencies, the dysfunctional movements that may be holding them back from maximal performance. So, um, so you went through a TPI program for golf. So basically broke you down bit by bit from golf swings, you know, hip, internal, external rotation, thoracic rotation, shoulders, all that. We'll look at all that with every athlete, everybody that comes in so we can create the most custom program for them. And when we talk about sports specific, when these kids are, you know, seventh, eighth grade, freshmen, sophomores, we're not trying to make them the most sports specific athlete. We're trying to make them the best athlete, making the most efficient athlete, um, you know, build them stronger, get them faster, make them move better, um, move more efficiently. So when we talk about sports specific, we'll build in exercises, say rotational sports, volleyball, um, baseball, softball. We're going to use a lot of med balls for rotational power in golf. So um, looking at, at the demands of the sport is how we prescribe and, and create these programs, these certain exercises. And it's no different from age levels. You know, we're going to try and and use 
rotational, you know, use every gamut of movement. You know, most, most sports are multi-directional, multi-movement um, sports. So it's, it's just one of those things we're going to incorporate as much as we can. Um, and then once we get older juniors, seniors, then we're going to really focus on, say, if it's a pitcher, we're going to do a lot of mound work with med balls and, and try and create that, that frontal plane strength and really power down type of deal. So. One of the things that I know when I went out to see you at your place, um, you showed me some videos. And one of the things that you do is a lot of video work for your, for your clients. And watching different people step on essentially the, uh, you know, the, the, the machine that you run on. Thank you. What, what, treadmill. Thank you. Yeah. God. <laughs> Why am I not remembering the word treadmill today? Anyway, and you watch somebody who steps on there the first time with little to no uh, coordination. coordination on that, you know, someone who just never really, they, they, you just get them on there and say, run. And then they're with your program for a few weeks and all of a sudden it's like, wow. You know, that's the one of the things I remember you telling me that we try to worry about teaching kids how to catch a ball, how to throw a ball. Uh, we don't teach kids how to efficiently run. I heard Chris talking about, um, efficiency and movement as well you're doing a lot of that at your place aren't you yeah it's um i'm probably like our first practitioner right so i'm i'm constantly um this is all i do all day every day as i watch video i watch the video of the top athletes and and then i i go test it on myself right so i'm feeling out these movements and understanding you know, how should we be really be running? And there's lots of different running techniques, but we have a lot of kids that come in that have zero clue how to run. And so, you know, in 2021, we can really take the mechanics of um, Usain Bolt and look at all of these top-level sprinters, and we can actually give that to the athlete and say, hey, these are the mechanics that we're going to start um, embracing. Um, and, and testing it out with enough different athletes, you know, we're, we're coming up on about 500,000 data points. So we know what cues work, we know what mechanics work, and we can actually watch that happen. So it's very data-driven, um, but we're, that's kind of, we're, we're, we, we practice everything through feel and, and through movement and watching that movement. And I remember as an athlete yourself, as at, at the Division One college level, I remember when I spoke with you for the story that I wrote about it for Mighty River News, you kind of said, I wish I would have known then what I know now, not necessarily from an helping you with better athletic performance, but maybe more from an injury prevention standpoint. Explain what you meant by that. Yeah, just with, um, so in high school, I, I never lifted weights. Um, so my running mechanics, I could get away with a little bit more cause my muscles weren't at, and I wasn't as old either. So I wasn't as, as taught. Uh, but I, so I had every expectation to go to Iowa state and just dominate. And it took me three years to get back to where I was a lot of it because some of my running mechanics mixed with additional muscle led to hamstring tear after hamstring tear after, uh, hip flexor pull. So a lot of this is just me self-diagnosing and, helping the next generation understand like if we run like this, we're going to have hamstring issues and we're going to have hip flexor issues and we're not going to be as fast, which is probably the other piece. Whereas now we can say like, this is a safer way to run. And not only that, it's going to also enhance your, your speed. Both of you deal with multi-sport athletes. How important is it for High school athletes. I'm well. I even I'll even throw in junior high school athletes. 
to play multiple sports growing up. How important is that for them? As they're, for their, even if they eventually become a, they only play one sport as a senior. How important is it for them to play multiple sports as they, as they develop? I think, I mean, if we look at, you know, long-term athletic development, and we can talk about long-term athletic development, you know, for hours on end, and, and multiple other countries develop these long-term athletic development models. I mean, there's courses on how to build an athlete over time, and every single one of it is the kids should be able to do X, Y, and Z by a certain age, and when you focus on that one sport, you're going to miss out on some of that, you know. Yes, we can go out and play and, and experience that, um, but there's a competitive factor when they are playing multiple sports, and they're going to learn how to do things in real time. Um, so I think it's, it's everything. And you can look at a kid who just played, say, basketball his entire life. Go have him throw a ball and watch how silly it looks. I mean, you can say, hey, when I throw right-handed, I'm a right-hander. If I throw left, it looks weird. But for a kid who actually throws left-handed to make it look like they shouldn't be throwing left-handed because he's never thrown anything, right? you know you're kind of behind the eight ball. And I think it's going to develop them into a better athlete for their current sport, whatever sport they want to play. You know? I know, Tony, you were a two-sport athlete in high school. You, I'm sure you're working with multi- – again, your thoughts on the importance of diversifying as an athlete. I, I think it's a complicated question because – uh, it, it really depends on the athlete, right? Um, there's, there's, and, and I, I for sure am a, a multi-sport proponent, uh, but I kind of look at it in, instead of looking at it as a multi-sport, I look at it as a multi-skill, right? Um, we're just talking about a stack of skills, and as long as you've got those skills, cool. They and translate I, into anything you're it, doing. It translates. Um, so, like, I have, uh, I, there's a kid, uh, Omaha Baloo, who's, I think he's up to the number two kid in the nation uh, for basketball for the class of 2023. He's not playing soccer, right? Because he he's he's been on a basketball trajectory for since sixth grade. And I think right? anybody who would see somebody who is that skilled, we're not going to expect him to play multiple sports. Absolutely. So it's it's a it's a it's a gamut of um, we I see all sorts of kids, and I for sure want them to to experience other sports like where I'm dealing with it right now. I've got a, a daughter who her favorite sport is American Ninja Warrior, right? So she does a, she does the Ninja Warrior gym. She also uh, plays soccer and she's starting to get recruited for soccer now and we're like here we go, right? So um it's it's but I know for for soccer kids that that sport skill is important. Um I also want her playing basketball to me is the sport um, I mean, your last name is Douglas. Yeah, my last name is Douglas. Uh, but basketball is a sport because it gives you, like, we see we see uh, basketball players come out of college and then they go become Hall of Famers in the NFL, right? How many Antonio times Gates and Tony gosh, Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez. I mean, my guys, we could probably name all kinds of people so, like that. So just, I mean, that doesn't happen very often where a football player all of a sudden doesn't make it in college and then goes and plays in the NBA. Um, you're getting so many good skills during basketball with, with coordination and balance and body control, hand-eye coordination. Um, so it, it depends on the athlete, but I for sure think that you need to have a large gamut of athletic skills. You, you should be able to throw a ball. You should be able to dribble a ball. That's great for your hand-eye coordination. And, and a lot of times you get football players in and we'll do drills on catching and the hands aren't there because they haven't, you know. And, and to me, that's like, you know, that's the, 
sort of the core things that you need to work on as an athlete. You have to have hands. Yeah. Right. So, so it's it, I look at it as athlete skills. Um, because I, I also have kids that I'm like, I don't really have, we don't have time, and you don't have the desire to go play soccer. I can already tell you don't really love soccer. Um, and if my kid, I, I've got several athletes in Des Moines that their kids are in love with the sport. The, the thing that with them is having gone through a Division One program, by the end of it, I was getting offers for to go to pro teams, and I was done. I was burnt out. So I worry about that more than anything. It, it, it needs to be fun for as long as possible. And that goes right into my next question. For all the things that we're talking about, you know, as much as I love Chris and what he did for my golf swing, I hated going down to that basement and throwing those medicine balls and doing all the work that I had to do. It's not easy work. How do you make sure it's fun for kids? I mean, I think the big thing is the reward out of what they see that their progress and the work is put in. You know, recently, you know, as far as from our speed development that we do, you know, we, we get our laser timers, we bought some lasers, and we're going to sprint. And you're going to see the fact that from month one to two to three and then back to month four that you're getting faster. I mean, this it, strength and speed and all this is, is what we'll call like a tree. You know, it's not going to grow overnight. It's not a wheat. Um, to build a good, solid foundation and to look at what you've accomplished from the first day you walked in to three months, four months, six, seven, a year, four years, you're going to see the fact that you've gotten less injuries, um, you've gotten stronger, you've gained weight, muscle mass, and you've created this athletic body and you're excelling at your sport. You know, you're, you're seeing your hard work pay off in the gym, outside the gym, on the field, um, whatever that may be. So we'll get them in just by, you know, saying, hey, you're, you're look at everything you've accomplished, but also at the same time connect with the kids too. Be, you know, they have coaches every day. We're a coach, yes, we'll, we'll coach them. But we also want to make sure that we're not, like, just beating them down. Make it fun for them. Make it interesting for them. Have, let them have, you know, enjoy some time in there too. So, well, you mentioned the, the phrase – Beating them down. And like you said, you're not trying to do that. But one of the things that doesn't get talked a lot about in regard to this is how important is rest? Yeah. So if you haven't read the book, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, um, you should read that book immediately. So he, he talks through, he's, he's one of the first uh, to really scientifically break down sleep. And if we're not getting eight hours, and that's not just for athletes, this is for everybody, you're at a 20% deficit from the get-go. Um, and there's a lot of other things obviously involved in that, but the, we're, we're very upfront. Like I just, I, right before here, I was talking to a dad and we were talking through like end season, you know, he, he, he loves what's happening here and he's seeing the progress. What do we do? He needs to be rested and he needs to be, stay healthy and we don't need to overdo it. So if you need to scale back to one time a week and see how that feels, then you're, you're doing that. But we I'd rather build off that because it, it, I, I came up through these programs, right? Um, I remember that uh, it's, it's all about let's go sprint, uh, and, and I want everybody to, like, land on the floor dead, you know? Not only do I hate, I hate that, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like I, I want to make the things that the kids are doing um, fun so they want to do them again and they want to get better at them. I wasn't a distance type runner, right? I'm a sprinter guy. So anytime a coach would make me go, let's go run two miles. 
and and especially for me where I'm like, where does this translate into what we're actually exactly. doing? Exactly. Um, it, it just, so, so we, we try to make everything as fun as possible. Um, and also make sure that we're having those conversations with the parents. Cause there's definitely parents that are acting as many agents and, uh, don't understand like rest is like it, you, these kids feeling good, waking up refreshed and ready. That's a, that's like the best supplement that you can give them. How much has the training, this is the last question I'll ask for the two of you. How much is the, has training changed for the better since you were an athlete? What, what, what were the types of things that you were doing oh, as, a, as, as, as an athlete that, you're, that you now as an athlete are going, why in the heck was I doing that? To be honest, it, I will say this. When I was in high school, I mean, obviously in college it gets a little better, but in high school, oh, let's do you know, six sets of ten on squats, and every time you go up 10% on your max, you know, it's like, what are we doing here? But at the same time, like, I get college kids that bring me their programs back, and I'm like, what is this? Like, it, it needs to be better. We have, let's say, college softball players, baseball players, you know, bring their programs in to do them. It's like, all right, go run three miles. Like, why? Or don't go do burpees and go do all this stuff. I'm like, why? Like, why? When, it, when does this translate into whatever it is we are doing? Like, right. For palm slap. But, I mean, getting the education and knowing what I know now compared to what, you know, back then, it's like, goodness, how did I not, you know, wouldn't you like to go to your old coach <laughs> yeah. and back when, uh, from your basketball days and go, you're doing it wrong? <laughs> you know, I, I, I look, we look at, that would be, that would also though be like going back to my parents' house in 2000 and saying, why do you guys have that phone on the wall? Right. They, they had a limited set of technology at the time. Right. Um, and, and, and I always look at it as progress, right? We're just making progress. And so it's more of like we're thankful that you guys had to uh, put us through that. And, you know, now because it's going to happen to us at some point, too. Right. 30 years from now, they're going to be like, we think we're super advanced. Yet they're going to be like, yeah, we do this now. Yeah. Right. So to me, I'm always looking at how are we progressing? And if we're doing things that we were doing 20, 30 years ago, I, I always have to question that. Like, why are we still doing that? And uh, if, if you can explain it to me in a in a way that is very convincing and it makes sense and you show me the actual results then I'm like. Yep. Cool. That makes right. sense. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you both for making the time to come over here today. Absolutely. Thank you. And thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can catch other podcasts about youth sports by clicking on the podcast link on our website at muddyrivernews.com.